You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. These podcast series are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us, that's you and I, that's us, those that are in Christ, always causes us to triumph. We win in Christ. We said that every week, but I want you to say it again. We win in Christ. Come on, said the body of Christ, win in Christ. And no matter what's going on in our world, and a lot of things are going on in our world, we win in Christ. Now make it personal. I win in Christ. Come on, said that. I win in Christ. Now, we went back to teaching on the thought war. This is our third episode. It's going to be good. At the end of the second episode, I was talking in that second episode about strongholds. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, strongholds. And at the end of that podcast, uh, episode 2, I was talking about the, the human thought process. I was talking about thinking, imagination, and strongholds. Thinking, imaginations, and strongholds. So we were talking about strongholds. I laid a foundation for that. And then when we got to talking about imaginations, I was at the end of the podcast and I was running and I was throwing things out. But I had a quickening from the Holy Spirit to go back and talk about in this third episode about the imagination. So our subtopic is, I can imagine that. Come on, say, I can imagine that. I guess all of us at some time have said, I can't even imagine that. I can't imagine living in that community. I can't imagine having that kind of business. I can't imagine driving that kind of car. I can't imagine having that kind of ministry. I think all of us have said that, but we're going to, we're going to move that out of our vocabulary. I can't imagine we will move it out, eradicate it, root it out of our vocabulary. And from now on, we're going to say, I can imagine that. I can imagine living here. I can imagine driving this. I can imagine having that kind of business. I can imagine having a, a growing ministry. I can imagine. Yes, I can imagine. Come on, sir. I can imagine that. Now, let's talk about the imagination, the power, and we're going back now and, 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 and spending time on this. Let's talk about the power of the imagination. Genesis chapter 11, verse 6, in the authorized King James Version says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they began to do, and now nothing, listen at that, now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. That's Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. We see some, see some very important things. We see the principle of unity. They are one. They have one language. 
They have one goal, but we also see the importance of our imagination. It says what they have imagined to do. And they had thought that we'll build us a city and a tower that will reach up into the heavens. Think about that, a city and a tower that would reach up into the heaven. And God said, even though this was outside of his plan, God said what they have imagined to do, nothing will be restrained from them. Now, the power of the imagination, all human progress, all of it, all human progress, creativity, and inventions have been born out of the imagination. I'll say that again. All human progress, creativity, and inventions have been born out of the imagination. There are two kinds of imagination. There's the ungodly imagination, and that's what 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 was, re was referencing. It says, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of God. Now notice it says that we're to cast down the imaginations that exalt themselves against God's knowledge. But it does not say that we're to cast down all imaginations, just those that exalt themselves against God's will, God's plan, God's word. Now, we can have an imagination of sickness. We're in an environment where many people uh, are dying and many people all around us are infected by uh, the coronavirus. So if we're not careful, we can have an imagination of us getting sick. We can have an imagination of us dying. We can also have an imagination of us being unemployed. We can have a, an imagination of us losing our home, uh, losing our retirement, losing everything, losing our credit. We can have an imagination of us dying. We can have an imagination of violence. So there's an ungodly imagination. And really for the first two episodes, we were really dealing kind of with the ungodly imagination. But there is a godly imagination. And God is the creator of the imagination. So he intended for us to use our imagination in a godly way. For example, Genesis chapter 13, Genesis 13, verses 14 through 15. Listen to what God said to Abram or Abraham. This is after he was separated from Lot. God said to Abraham, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where you are. Look northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it. Now listen at that, listen at that text. 
Abraham is really in a desert land. It's really a desert land. And God said to Abram, he said, now, I want you to lift up your eyes from the place where you are. He, he said, don't look at where you are, and that's what we often do. We look at where we are spiritually. We look at where we are in our emotions, in our mental state. We look at where we are physically and financially in our relationships. We look at where we are in ministry. And, and, but he says, don't look at where you are. Look from where you are. Look beyond where you are. Now, listen what he says. Look to the north and look to the south and look to the west and look to the east. And he says, for all the land which you see, everything. Now, that word see is going to be critical to this study on the imagination. He says, whatever you can see, he says, I've given it to you. It'll be yours if you can see it. We talked about the imagination. Now, what's interesting about this particular text is what God had planned for Abraham was out front. He was not experiencing it, okay? He was not walking in the promise, not the full promise, not the, the manifestation of the promise, but God wanted him to use his imagination where he was, no matter where you are, you can go somewhere else. Listen at that. No matter where you are on any level, spirit, soul, body, socially, financially, it can be in your marriage, you can go somewhere else. You know, I was, uh, I was uh, talking to one of our staff uh, leaders recently, and she was talking about how her and her husband take virtual trips. They, they go online and go to different countries. They go online and they take a vacation online, a virtual trip. In other words, they were viewing a place that was beyond where they were right then. And I think you can do that. No, I don't think that. You can do that with your imagination. You don't have to stay where you are. You can imagine yourself in another place. And then God says, whatever you see, how far you see. If you only see the north, he says, I'll give you the north. If you only see the south, he says, I'll give you the south. If you only see the east, I'll give you the east. If you only see the West, I'll give you the West. He said, as far as you can see, then I'll give it to you. So both fear and faith operates in the realm of the imagination. Both fear and faith operates in the realm of the imagination. Whatever, and you want to make a mental note of this, whatever you continue to see, you will experience. Whatever you continue to see, you will experience. And I'm going to stop right there for a second. I want you to think about that. Whatever you continue to see, you ultimately will experience. So I want you 
from this point on to remove from your vocabulary, I cannot imagine that because you can. You can't imagine yourself winning. You can't imagine yourself healthy. You can't imagine yourself delivered. You can't imagine yourself having a successful business, uh, successful on your job. You can't imagine a successful marriage. You can't imagine successful young children and teenagers. And uh, you can imagine your kids being successful. You can do that right now. now We've seen the power of the imagination as far as we can see. We can experience, that's the power. He says, now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. So let's define, let's, get, let's define what is the imagination? What is it, what is it? I give you two definitions. The imagination is a creative gift from God. It is a creative gift from God. It is a creative gift from God. Secondly, the imagination is the ability to see beyond our momentary circumstances and into the unmanifested will and plan of God. Now that's, that's a good one. It's kind of long, but it is a good, that is a good definition. Wow. High five. That's a good definition. Listen at this. The imagination is the ability to see, is the ability to see, is the ability to see beyond our momentary circumstances, beyond our momentary circumstances. Now, it's a funny thing about circumstances. Circumstances appear to be permanent. But remember what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17, 18, around there. It says, it says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. That's with our imagination. For the things which are seen are temporal, temporary, subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. That's around the 17th and the 18th verse, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 and 18. Notice it says, the things which we can see, the things that you're experiencing right now are temporary. They, the adversity is subject to change. In fact, this whole thing we involved in, this pandemic that we involved in, man, it seemed like it's here forever, but it's going to change. Things are going to change. I think it's some difficult situations we got going, but it's subject to change. It's going to change. But the Bible says we look at what's not seen. So what is the imagination? It is the ability to see beyond our momentary circumstances and into the unmanifested will and plan of God. See, God's will and plan is unmanifested, but we have the capacity with our imagination to look beyond the present into that unmanifested will and plan of God for our lives. So we've 
talked about the power of the imagination. We've talked about what the imagination. Let's talk about the purpose. Let's talk about the purpose. And I want you to listen. And I wanted to go back because this is so important. This area is so important to your success that I wanted to go back, develop it, give you some scriptures so you can go back and meditate on it. And I believe it's going to change your life. I believe this lesson is going to change your life. Now, what's the purpose of the imagination? I have five. Number one, the imagination allows us to see in advance what God has already made available and what he intends for us to experience. I'll say that again a little slower. The imagination first allows us to see in advance what God has already made available. See in advance what God has already made available and what he intends for us to experience. Not only has he made it available, but he intends for us to experience it. And the imagination allows us to see in advance what he's made available. See in advance what he intends for us to experience. And that's a beautiful thing that we can actually see in advance. Ephesians 1.3 says that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the preparation has already been made. The blessings have already been provided for. The benefits are already there. And God allows us through our imagination to see in advance what he's already made available. The second purpose of the imagination is it enables us to partner with God. It enables us to partner with God in creative experiences and acts. A-C-T-S. It enables us to partner with God. Don't you want to be a partner with God? And that's the beautiful thing. He didn't give us our imagination to partner with Satan. You see, you know, Satan have you um, with some, uh, you can be married and he can have you in your head with somebody else that you're not even married to. That's partnering with Satan. God does not intend for us to partner with Satan, God intends for us and our imagination enables us to partner with God in creative experiences and acts, creative experiences and acts. The third purpose of the imagination, it protects us from fear and discouragement. It protects us from fear and discouragement. You see, if we can see in advance what God has planned for us, if we can see beyond our momentary circumstances, then it protects us from fear and discouragement. Because see, really, the reason we get discouraged and the reason we're afraid is because of what we see. It has a lot to do, our fear, the Bible says Peter was walking on the water, but when he saw the wind bosterous, he became afraid and began to sink. 
It was what he saw. He saw the waves and he saw it's what we're looking at that causes us to be afraid. And listen, I struggle with discouragement. Oh, man, one of the, I've struggled with discouragement probably more than anything. We all got our issues. But every time I've struggled with discouragement, it's because I had lost sight of what God said. And I was looking at what was happening in my environment. So the imagination protects us from fear and discouragement. Number four, the imagination moves us outside, moves us outside of the constraints and limitations of the physical realm. The imagination, our imagination moves us outside of the constraints and limitations of the physical realm. Joshua chapter 6, verse 2, listen at that. And we're working our way to how to develop it. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But we're working our way. Listen at this. Joshua chapter 6, verse 2, and the authorized King James says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Now Joshua is standing and looking at the Jericho wall. And tradition has it that that wall was so thick that they built houses on top of it and they, they had chariot races on top of the walls. That's serious. The walls were that thick. He's looking at this wall and listen what God said. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, we back to that word again, see, I have given into thy hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. He said, see, see, don't see the wall. No, don't see the wall, but see that I have given. See the word, see what God said, see what God has made available. He said, see, I have given into thy hand Jericho. See it before it happens. See that you have victory over this city before it happens. He said, see it. See that I've given you the king. See that I've given you the mighty men of valor. See this, Joshua. Use your imagination and look beyond the constraints and the limitations and see victory. In other words, it moves us, our imagination moves us beyond the, outside of those constraints and boundaries. And we all got them. We all have constraints and boundaries. They may be financial constraints. They may be relational constraints. You know, we may be single and you say, well, I can't make anybody marry me. You know, I can't, you know, it may be skin color, it may be whatever, it may be gender. We all have our constraints and we all have walls and we all have boundaries, we all have limitations. So the imagination moves us outside of the constraints and the limitations of our physical realm. And then finally, the imagination empowers us to do that which is both foolish and difficult from a natural perspective. The imagination empowers us. Ooh, this is good. This is really good. Say this, the imagination empowers me. 
Come on, say it. My imagination empowers me. Come on, say it one more time. My imagination empowers me. The imagination empowers us to do that which is both foolish and difficult from a natural perspective. The imagination empowers us to do that which is both foolish and difficult. Now notice from a natural perspective. Now, let's talk about Abraham for a minute. I'm going to give you a proof text and then we're going to get over into how we develop our imagination. I want you to, I want you to listen at, at this story and let's go back in our minds. The Bible says over in Genesis chapter 22 that God instructed Abraham to sacrifice his only begotten son, his only son. Now you have to understand that Abraham had stood and believed God for 25 years and the, and the boy showed up, 25 years. He, he, he was given the promise at 75, 25 years he got the boy, he excited. The, the boy's probably a teenager now. He's enjoyed this boy. And then God said, I want you to sacrifice him. Now, you have to also remember that God promised Abraham that it was through Isaac that all of his descendants and his offsprings would come. It was through this boy. So that seems, number one, that seems foolish from a natural perspective. And it also is difficult. Now, you know, you have to understand God already knew what Abraham was going to do. And you have to also understand that God never intended for him to literally sacrifice his son because that would be evil. It was a test. God was proving something to Abraham because sometimes we don't know what we can do until we put to a test. But he was also proving to the rest of the world and you and I what faith looks like. Now, now think about this. The Bible says in the 22nd chapter that Abraham got up early. Can you imagine that? If, if, if God told you to sacrifice your only child, you sleep late that night, late that day, wouldn't you? You see, the Bible says he got up early, saddled his ass, took his son, took the wood for the sacrifice, and when he saw the mountain where he was to sacrifice that, that, that child, the Bible says that he told his servants, you stay right here, me and the boy, we're going to go to the mountain, and we'll come back. We'll meet you later. How could, how could he operate on that level of faith? How could, he, how could he do that? Well, you know how he did it. The Bible tells us exactly how he did it. He used his imagination. He took the word of God, what, Abraham, what the, God has said to him, that through Isaac shall all your descendants come, this mighty nation and all these, these things going to happen is going to come through Isaac. He took that and meditated on it. And then he decided if 
what God told me is true, then he's going to have to raise him from the dead. He's going he to raise him from the dead for his word to come true. And that's what Hebrews 11, 17 through 19 tells us. I want you to read it sometime. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 through 19 in the authorized King James. Here's what it says. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thou seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, watch this, from whence also he received him in a figure. He received him in a figure. Listen, Ooh, the Bible says that Abraham was so certain that his boy was going to live, even if he killed him, God had to raise him from the dead because God had already promised that his seed would come through Isaac. So God had, so Abraham used his imagination and saw God raise him from the dead. And the Bible says, God accounted it for faith. God accounted him as offering his son. Wow. It is our imagination that empowers us to do that which may be foolish to the world and difficult even to ourselves because we can see the end from the beginning. Now, wow, that's powerful. But we can't stop there. We, we got to get into how is this imagination, I'm talking about a godly imagination, how, how is it developed? How can I develop it? Well, I brought all my props today. I got my props here and different things, but I'll give you an overview. I said it last week, but I was rushing through it, so I'm going to come back. How is my, uh, my imagination developed? Number one, words, words, and we're going to come back and look at each one of them, words. Number two, images images. Number Last week I said pictures, but you'll see it's, it's all the same. Number three, people. Number four, exposure. And number five, meditation. Words, images, people, exposure, and meditation. Now, let's talk, let's look at, let's talk about each one of those. Words, words, Words. I feed my imagination through God's word. Words. Words. It would be promises from scripture. Promises from scripture. For example, right in the middle of this pandemic, there are sickness attacks and there's financial attacks. Now, I listen to the news because I want to know what's going on. But I know I can't just listen to news. So every week, every single week, I listen to the word on healing. I get my app, the Faith Chapel app, and I listen to something on healing every week. And I listen to something on prosperity every week. I go to the God of abundance every week and I listen to it every week. The reason I do that is because I don't want to hear the world's words. 
and begin to imagine what the world is saying. I don't, I don't want to imagine myself, imagine myself getting sick. I don't want to imagine myself going broke. So what I do, I make sure that I'm hearing what God says so I see myself healthy. I see myself strong. I see myself winning, standing, that no person can come near me. No person can come near my dwelling, can come near my home. See, I'm hearing that, so that's I want to build my imagination of what God says. And, and, and I, I'm always listening to the God of abundance on a regular basis because I want to see plenty. I, I can see on television people in cars trying to get a box of food. I can see people in lines trying to uh, get in employment and, and register for employment. But I don't, want to, I don't want to build my imagination off that. I want to have compassion. I want to pray. I want to know enough to pray and have compassion. But I want to make sure that what I'm seeing is different. I want to make sure. So words. So it can be God's word, meditating on God's word, or it can be revelations, insights, instructions, mandates from the Holy Spirit. Revelations insights, instructions, mandates from the Holy Spirit. So now, I keep a journal. This is a, an illustration of my journal, my journal, my real journal, because I'm going to transfer my journal into a new one. But my real journal got tape and everything. It goes all the way back to, to 1980s. And I record the things the Holy Spirit says to me. What he says to me, I put in my journal, and from time to time, I go to my journal, and I just read what God said to me. And, and I got words about the church. I got words about my personal life. I got words about my future. I got a lot of words, so I want to make sure that I'm getting his words. So I go to my journal, and I read those things, and I'll go back sometime all the way to the 80s, and I'll go back over it, and I'll look all the way up to the present. I got things that God has said, and I want to refresh my thoughts, and I want to refresh my mind to all the things that God has said to me, so I go to my journal. Words. Come on, say words. Come on, say words. Come on, say words. You feed your imagination and develop your imagination with words. God's word and the revelations you get from the Holy Spirit. The second uh, way you develop your imagination is through images. Images. Now, I brought my, my props. The images would be pictures, objects, visions that God gives you, images, images, images. So I brought some of my, uh, my images. But first, I want you to know that what I'm going to show you is biblical. So it's not some I thought up. Okay. In Genesis chapter 15, and I want you to go back and look up these scriptures. Verse 5 in the New Living Translation, this is what it says. Then the Lord took Abram. Abram or Abraham outside and said to him and said to him, look up into the sky, count the stars. 
how many descendants, and that's how many descendants you will have. Now listen to what God said, Genesis 5, 15, Genesis 15, 15, verse 5. He said to Abraham, the Bible said, Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky. Look up into the sky and count the stars. That's how many descendants you will have. What was God doing? He was giving him images. He, he was giving him objects. He was giving him things. So every time he went outside at night and he saw the stars, it would remind him of the promise. His descendants will be like the stars. So images, images. Now, I've got all kinds of images. I got, I got an image here. This, this is a card. This is my, this is my faith card. This is, this is my faith card. It's a, it's a, mm, it's, it's a beautiful card. It's a Bentley. It's a, it's a pretty car. Well, I got, I got this picture. It's on my desk. I got a big picture in my office over there of, of this same car. It's just an image. It, it, it's an image. God spoke to me about my lifestyle. So I want to have things around me that speak to that. Uh, I got some other images here. Uh, God spoke to me 20, it'd be 21 years ago. 21 years ago, uh, he promised me an airplane, a Gulfstream airplane. So I got some images. I got some books with just planes, Gulfstream airplanes. These are Gulfstream airplanes. That's a Gulfstream 250. That's a Gulfstream 450. That's a Gulfstream 550. That's a Gulfstream 650. I got, I got, these are images. These are, these are books. And then someone also made me a model plane. See that model plane? They made me a model plane, and it has Mike Moore Ministries. Oh, yes. God promised me a plane, but actually promised me two. Promised me a Gulfstream and a Cessna Citation. And I got this, and this is, this is on my desk. See, I put this on my desk. It's, it's an image. It, it's a reminder of what, what God says. And I got, I, got some, I got something else. This is the globe. This globe right here, I lay my hands on this globe. I lay my hands on this globe. And when I pray, because God told me I was a prophet to the nations, so what I do, I pray for the nations. It's a part of my prayer time. Uh, I pray for a lot of different things. I pray for the body of Christ. I pray for the nations. And I lay my hands on this globe while I'm praying for the nations. And I'll pray for Africa, pray for all the continents. I pray for Australia. And then I'll pray for Asia. Then I pray for Europe. And then I pray for North America. I pray for South America. And then I pray for the Antarctica. I lay my hands on these and I pray that the Spirit of God will open up doors to the gospel that Jesus will be manifested in the nations and I pray Father pull down every authority that hinders your word from going forth and set authorities and I pray that even as the pandemic coronavirus has been global I pray that your word spread through the 
nations of the world. And I pray that you send leaders and I pray for leaders. And that's my prop, see? So when I'm, I'm praying, I like to have some things that, and I pray that way on a regular basis. Whenever I go pray for the nations, I put my hand on the globe and I begin to pray for the different parts of, of the nations. So images, you, you need something. I remember when our church uh, was building, uh, the, was getting ready to build the dome, the 3,000 feet dome. We had a picture of the dome and we put it in, in the front of the sanctuary so every time we came in we would see it and later we had a model of it. I remember when um, before Michael K, my son, was born, I was believing for a son and I was in this department store and I saw uh, these little jeans, they were, they were little cute boy jeans and I bought those jeans and, and, and I would look at those jeans and I would confess, these are Mike's jeans. And these, we would, I would confess over the jeans, these are Mike's jeans. See, you build your imagination, you have to be intentional. You gotta, it, it can be whatever you need. I said last week, if you're trying to lose weight and you're, you, you, you wanna get in a dress size, go buy the dress or buy a dress the size that you want to be in and hang that dress up and where you can always see it. it. It keeps it on your mind so you just don't see the size you are. You see the size you want to be. You're, you're developing. You can do that with anything. You can do it with business. You, you can do it with a spouse you believe in for a spouse or something. You got to have something that keeps it in front of you so that you can have an image of that. Let's say you want a business, go and get a picture of this uh, big building and, and say, my business will be large like this. You say, well, that's crazy. Well, no, that's, that's faith. The imagination is a powerful thing. And Satan fights us now to make sure that our imagination are on negative stuff. So words, images, and then people, people, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 20, it says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. So sometimes connecting ourselves to people who are where we want to go. And I'm, I'm going to show you how you can do that without even saying a word to the people. Dr. Fred Price uh, is my father in the faith. I learned about him years ago. I didn't know anything about him, but I was doing a revival and a man walked up to me, a Baptist, a Baptist preacher walked up to me, Spirit-filled Baptist preacher. After I preached that revival, he said, you, my kind of man. And I didn't know, I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, you remind me, you re that was 40 years ago, 30 some years ago. He said, you remind me of Fred Price. Well, I didn't know who Fred Price was, but since he said I reminded of him, I wanted to find out who this guy was. So I saw his broadcast early one morning. He had that big old neat afro years ago, one of the very few black ministers on television at the time. I saw him and I said, wow, you know, I was so impressed with him. And man, I would get up early and watch him on television. I order all of his CDs and, and, 
every, I, I read all of his books. And then I start preaching all of his sermons. I didn't change anything. I preached the sermons, the same title. I used the same joke. Man, I knew in my spirit that I was supposed to be connected with this person. I knew that this, I wasn't trying to be the person, but there were principles in this person's life. And, and I would listen to his testimonies and I see where he loved his wife and he loved his kids. And I began to think, oh yeah, I need to love my wife and love my kids. And I saw how excellent he was. See, I was given, again, a person was, I was getting an image. You need a contemporary role model that gives you an image so that you can see yourself. I wasn't trying to be him, but you know that scripture, what I was doing? The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 through 11, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 through 11a, Paul said concerning Timothy, he said, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, You've known my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience, my persecution, my afflictions. Paul said, Timothy, you've fully known me. You've known what I teach. You've known what I believe. You've seen me in adversity. And I tell you, I studied Dr. Price to the point where I knew his doctrine. I knew exactly what he believed. I knew exactly what he taught. I listened to his testimony because I wanted to get the principle behind what he was doing. And so, I, man, I could preach it. I knew I was exposed. And then the Bible says in Philippians 2, 19 through 20, Paul was delayed from going into Philippi. And he told the Philippians, I'm going to send Timothy to you. I can't get there yet. I'm going to come. But in Philippians 2, 19, 20, he said, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Paul was so confident in Timothy that he knew if he sent Timothy, it would be like he was showing up. Why? Paul, Timothy had exposed, Timothy had 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 connected to him people he connected to him now remember it was years before i actually saw dr price years you can there are people that god wants you to be connected to and you can connect to them virtually you can you don't have to always be in people's face you know how they don't always have to know he, that man didn't know me. Dr. Price didn't know me from anybody on planet Earth. If I walked by him, he would not recognize me. But I was connecting myself to people who were exemplifying what I wanted to be like and where I wanted to go. And then number four, exposure. You got to expose yourself. God said to Abraham, Genesis 13, 17, arise and walk through the land. Arise walk through the land, arise and walk through the land. You got to expose yourself on a personal level. Expose yourself. If you want, if you're believing for a new home or something, go to a parade of home. You don't have to have any money. You don't have to have any, any, any title or nothing. Go, that's what Pete and I, my wife, nickname is Pete. We will go to parades of homes. We, we couldn't afford none of that stuff, but we would go to those parades homes 
and we could see things and we like this and we like that and we like that. Now we couldn't buy it, but we liked it. And what it did, it helped us in the area of our imagination. We would go to parade of homes, you can do that. You can test drive a car. Let's say you want a, a car, but let's say you don't have the money yet. You don't have to have the money to dream. You don't have to, you can use your imagination. Test drive the car, whatever it is, you have to walk through the land. Uh, when we were building the bridge, it's a $26 million project. When we were building the bridge, we flew to different sites to see domes. We flew to Louisiana, we flew to South Bend, we flew to Las Vegas because we wanted to see something. And, and in Las Vegas, we got some ideas uh, how we wanted to do the bridge and, and different things. You have to walk through the land. You have to expose yourself to something bigger than you are, somebody more successful. Expose yourself. Don't be intimidated by ministries that are farther along. Don't, don't, you know, I learned this years ago. You can be inspired or intimidated. And I just choose that I wasn't going to be in, I was going to be inspired. I remember years ago, and I'm about to close now, but I remember years ago where um, I, um, I saw, I was at a, a meeting. I was at a meeting and a guy, a young minister, gave $5,000 in the offering. And he was a young minister. He was like, $5,000. He gave from his church. His church gave $5,000 to the meeting. And I was in there thinking, how in the world could anybody give $5,000? But I was exposed to it. I didn't get intimidated. I was inspired. When we were building the 3,000-seat dome sanctuary, our church gave to a ministry $200,000. One time, one gift, one gift, $200,000. But there was a time when I thought, man, how in the world could we give that much money? See, you can, you, you can, you can go there even though you're not there yet. You can go there in your imagination, but you have to. And then the final thing is meditation. I'm not going to get in meditation because I'm going to teach about three or four weeks on meditation. We're going to get into that. To develop your imagination, words, images, people, exposure, and meditation. I trust that it's been a blessing.